Hi, Juliet here with a quick message before this episode starts. Everything you need to be more strategic amid the busyness of the school term is contained in the 170 plus episodes of this podcast. But sometimes you can get there a bit faster with some personalised help. I host a termly online workshop specifically designed to help the support staff within schools to make the shift from being reactive to strategic. Our next workshop is coming up soon and we're going to be reflecting on how things have gone this academic year and strategising for the academic year to come so that you can confidently prioritise your workload, overcome the obstacles that are holding you back and redirect your time and focus onto your priorities. At the end of the session, I promise you're going to be feeling more energised, ready to hit the ground running with a clear plan of action. This term's workshop is going to be run on Thursday the 16th of May, and you can find out more and book your place at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash plan. I hope to see you there. Now, let's launch into this episode. We know that the need for our fundraising projects for means-tested bursaries for state school partnerships is greater than ever. We also know that we are operating in a changing environment for our fundraising conversations. And that is the biggest impact that that has is twofold. It's firstly on people's frame of mind and to what extent they feel that they want to do good in the world that's not just generically good, but good given the situation we're facing. So thinking psychologically What do donors looking for right now in terms of when they're making those decisions around philanthropic giving? Welcome to the Independent School Podcast. Thinking and acting strategically is the key to both securing the future of your school and helping to build a more equal and just world. My name's Juliette Corbett. I'm a consultant, speaker and facilitator specialising in helping independent schools. In this podcast, I translate tried and tested strategy and fundraising techniques into a language that works for schools. So if you're a senior leader in a private school and you want your daily work to feel less exhausting and more strategic, and if you want once more to feel the joy of making the world a better place through education, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's get started on this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where we're going to be thinking about how to continue fundraising through a crisis. So as I record this, we are seeing continual atrocities being revealed within Ukraine. And I think even the best fundraisers sometimes doubt the relevance of their project amongst the big picture of what's happening in the world. And some of us question, you know, would we be better off concentrating on humanitarian fundraising? Should we completely switch our emphasis to helping those people who are being directly impacted by the absolutely horrendous situation which we are seeing in Ukraine at the moment? And I think some of us, we just need to take a deep breath and understand that, unfortunately, the impact of the war in Ukraine is going to be felt by millions of disadvantaged people who are already having a really tough time all over the world as a result of the economic sanctions which we are imposing on Russia because of their actions. So here in the UK, we have seen over the recent months, we've seen the Office of Budget Responsibility starting to predict inflation could reach a 40-year high of 8.7 by the end of the year, end of 2022. 
And we're seeing daily stories of the cost of living crisis. We're seeing people who are having to choose between heating and eating. In this day and age, it is just absolutely unbelievable. The Resolution Foundation here in the UK is now forecasting that a further 1.3 million people will fall into poverty over the next year. And that includes half a million children. And the picture isn't much better or any better in other countries and other parts of the world. And I think given this backdrop, it's normal for us to feel maybe what we're focusing on in our fundraising projects, maybe that's not as important as what we should be doing, helping people through humanitarian efforts. But actually, I think that this is, we need to have a dual strategy here. We do need to be helping and giving generously to those humanitarian crisis charities who are used to reacting on the ground to these situations. But also, it is more important than ever that independent fee-paying schools continue to invest in fundraising for means-tested bursaries and state school partnerships. I'm going to be focusing specifically on those particular types of projects in today's episode, and we're going to be thinking about what can we do as independent schools to enable us to rise to the challenge. We've got choppy economic waters ahead, and yet the need is greater than ever for these bursaries, these means-tested bursaries and the state school partnerships that the sector is already starting to focus on. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about four key areas we must be focusing on in order to make sure that we can get through these choppy times ahead. Before we dive into the detail, I wanted to let you know about a free resource I've created to help you prepare your school for the coming economic impact of the invasion of Ukraine. It's a checklist of things you need to think about and take action on now, and it's designed to prompt strategic conversations around the issues that actually matter. You can download your free copy at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash checklist. Okay, now let's continue with this week's episode. Okay, so we know that the need for our fundraising projects, for for means-tested bursaries, for state school partnerships, is greater than ever. We also know that we are operating in a changing environment for our fundraising conversations. And that is the biggest impact that that has is twofold. It's firstly on people's frame of mind and to what extent they feel that they want to do good in the world that's not just generically good but good given the situation we're facing so thinking psychologically what do donors looking for right now in terms of when they're making those decisions around philanthropic giving the other thing we need to think about is people's wallets people's ability to give generously being impacted by the cost of living crisis itself now generally speaking within independent school fundraising we feel that less than other charities are fundraising from the general public because we're lucky enough that we are fundraising from a relatively affluent audience who want to use their money for good that is what we're enabling them to do so generally speaking perhaps they're being less impacted themselves and they're feeling more motivated to give but that doesn't make it easy we still need to think about how are we going to navigate once again choppy waters as we go forward in our fundraising. And there are four things I want to talk about today. And the experienced fundraisers amongst you will recognise that all four of these things are actually 
really critical best practice educational fundraising at any time but they need to be front and center during your fundraising efforts during a time of crisis okay so the first thing you need to be doing is to keep engaging with prospects keep talking to potential donors we saw during the covid pandemic that many donors stepped up and gave really generously to things like means tested bursaries Because they were motivated by the negative impact that the pandemic was having on some of the most disadvantaged children in our society. And so what we saw was that some of the concerns that maybe school governors, school leaders, maybe even some fundraisers had about contacting prospective donors at a time of national crisis were actually very successfully overcome by professional fundraisers who knew what they were doing, who were being human, who were being really alert to each individual's circumstances as they were having those conversations. Those fundraisers who were most successful during the pandemic raising money for bursaries were the ones who just kept talking to prospects. But they were really, really careful that they were being very alert in every conversation to the individual circumstances. So those active listening skills are on full, full alert to understanding how each individual is being impacted by rapidly changing times. And then the really good fundraisers were tailoring their conversations according to the way that donors were feeling and the the information that donors were sharing with them about their personal circumstances. And what we saw during the pandemic was that fundraisers who felt confident talking to prospective donors, they may not have gone ahead with with as many asks as they had been planning pre-pandemic, but they were still successful if they were keeping having those conversations going. And the same lessons can be applied today. It feels slightly less like a crisis on our doorstep at the moment, with the Ukraine war being some distance away and the economic impact not quite hitting home at the moment, not yet, for many of our audience. But all of those same lessons apply. So you have to engage with your prospects constantly, be listening to their concerns about the future And then at an appropriate time and making sure that you're using your judgment as to when that appropriate time is, communicating with real, authentic passion and belief the positive role that your bursaries programmes or partnership programmes will play as part of the solution to helping everybody come through this crisis. And while it may seem counterintuitive, I found all the way through the pandemic, actually, my feeling was that... Actually, it's better to focus these conversations on major gift conversations. It might feel like actually asking for big donations is really difficult when economic times are tough. But actually, because you can do major donation fundraising with face to face conversations, you're not having to rely on mass communications going out. And because those donors are less likely to be feeling the squeeze from the cost of living crisis at the moment, Actually, the same applies now that if you're feeling unsure and cautious about maybe some shifts in messaging that you're using within your your fundraising due to the current situation in Ukraine, I would recommend that you actually start your conversations with your major donors, which may seem counterintuitive, but you can adapt their messages as you go when you're having those conversations one to one with individuals who have either supported you in the past or who you've already got to know before this crisis emerged. So that's the key thing you need to be doing, number one, is keep engaging prospects, keep talking to potential donors. Don't hesitate, don't stop. 
even if you might not necessarily be making the same asks at the same time due to the economic uncertainty, people's um, investment portfolios being affected, people's businesses potentially being affected, especially if they export. But keep talking to prospects. Second key thing you need to be doing, again, best practice at all times, but critically important now, communicate the impact that your fundraising project has on people. People give to people, even when it's a building, they give to the impact that it has on people. And so we know as fundraisers that the key thing we need to be doing is telling a story, creating a narrative around the impact that our means-tested bursaries and our state school partnerships has on the real people that we are trying to help. So that might be quotations from former bursary recipients. It might be case studies of successful state school partnerships that you're forging. You might be doing this through video, through conversation, through impact reports. Whatever it is, keep telling the stories every moment you can of the impact that your fundraising is having. That is what will motivate people to give. And at a time of crisis, we don't want to be opportunistic But where it's true, where it's appropriate and really honest, you can connect those stories back to the impact of the crisis. So if, for example, you have a bursary family who perhaps is already with you, but who is really struggling at the moment because of the cost of living crisis, the impact on um, the energy bills going up and so on and so forth... If you have a quotation from maybe one of those parents to say, given everything that's going on at the moment, we are particularly grateful for the education that our child is receiving and the fact that they get they get fantastic meals and so on. It just takes the pressure off us at home a little bit more in terms of those really tough choices that we're having to make. If that is honest, if that is true, tell that story, too. But don't be tempted to opportunistically link your project to the crisis but if it's there if the link is there don't be afraid to make it obvious and make it public and tell those stories around all of this crisis and storytelling has a really particular impact during time of crisis actually we crave to know how others are feeling we crave to know that what we're giving to is having a benefit on people so If anything, ramp up that storytelling. Make sure that you're doing it really effectively and that you have a constant flow of news stories to tell. This isn't something that you just do once. It's constantly refreshing and updating those those stories that you're telling. So that's the key thing number two is communicate the impact. The third key area you need to focus on is, and I talk about this all the time, focus your efforts. We know in everything that we do, including fundraising, that the way to maximise your impact is by focusing your effort on the areas where you're best placed to help, where you're best placed to have an impact on people. So when you're thinking about focusing your efforts of fundraising during a crisis, you may well want to evaluate the possibility of slightly refocusing your fundraising to help those directly affected. So for example, we're seeing... Schools who are shifting their bursaries fundraising to include bursaries for Ukrainian children who are coming across as refugees. I think we're going to see a lot more partnership projects with local state schools who are seeing recently enrolled refugee Ukrainian children and where the partnership project that may have already existed or it may be a new one between an independent school and a state school, maybe the children are going to the state school 
but there can be an elevated level of partnership and impact that the independent schools can be having to help those state schools um, adapt and accommodate these additional refugee children with potentially the need for additional English classes, for example. So it's absolutely fine to adapt what you're doing to the crisis, but please, please, please don't be tempted to fully shift away from something that you know works, you know you're good at. Given that we are seeing, we are predicted to see half a million more children who were already in the UK falling into poverty over the next year due to this crisis and the cost of living in particular, it is absolutely fine to redouble your efforts on what you are already doing if you know it's working. So that might be really focusing in on bursaries for local children. That is absolutely fine. If that's where you want to focus, focus your efforts on that and ensure that you're communicating that this is having a really positive impact on the increasing numbers of families who are really struggling at the moment. So that key thing number three that you need to be doing, focusing your efforts is around not getting distracted, evaluating opportunities to shift your messaging and shift what you're doing to help Ukraine directly, but not to allow yourself to get distracted onto things which are not part of your core um, expertise. The areas that your school has been working on so far, those are the areas to focus your efforts on. And then the fourth thing you need to be focusing on, the fourth key thing to focus on is due diligence. Now, this is slightly less exciting than the others, but it's absolutely essential that we know where donations are coming from as they flow into our school. Just like all of the other things I've talked about, this is best practice fundraising. It is compliant fundraising. You have to do your due diligence at all times anyway. But there are new challenges with regards to due diligence around where donations are coming from and potentially also actually to do with the means testing of Ukrainian families who might be eligible for bursaries. It's not quite due diligence, it's means testing, but that same idea that best practice processes that were embedded in your fundraising and your bursaries programmes previously may now have additional challenges that you need to be looking at to make sure that you are fit for purpose. I'm not going to go into that in massive detail here. I'm going to link in the episode notes to an article by IDPE specifically around due diligence, just to make sure that your due diligence processes are fit for purpose at the moment. So in conclusion, it is more important than ever that independent schools are focusing on means-tested bursaries and state school partnerships and investing in fundraising to achieve those projects. And yet the environment in which we're fundraising is a little bit trickier than it has been a couple of months ago. So the four things that you need to focus in on, number one, keep engaging prospects, keep talking to those people who might be giving you money. Number two, communicate the impact of your project on people and tell stories all the time about that impact. Number three, focus your efforts in on where you have experience and expertise, and where you can have the biggest impact. And the fourth thing to focus on is just to do a quick check to make sure that your due diligence processes are fit for purpose, given the crisis that we're in at the moment. So in conclusion, I was so delighted to see back in March 2022, the enthusiasm at the Bursaries and Partnerships Conference in London, real enthusiasm from people across the sector 
fantastic examples of best practice that we're seeing showcased across the country. And I know that this expands beyond the UK as well. And it's just an appeal and a plea to schools. We must not let the positive momentum that we have built, despite the pandemic, or perhaps even because of the pandemic, we must not let that positive momentum to falter during the coming economic choppy waters that we have coming our way. So that's it for this week. I hope that's been helpful. As always, I love to hear your feedback. If you have any questions or thoughts around this subject, you can always get in touch. Have a strategic week and I'll talk to you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Independent School Podcast, the podcast that helps senior leaders in private schools to think and act more strategically, both because they want to secure the future of their school and because they want to help build a more equal and just world. You can listen in everywhere that podcasts are available. And if you want to catch up on previous episodes or follow any of the links that I've mentioned today, just head over to www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash podcast.